Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carrot Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I hope you are really well. Whether this is the first time you've picked up my podcast or you are a seasoned sleep show stalker, I really hope you find this podcast episode reassuring, information, uh, informative and helpful. Today, I am going to be talking to Dr. Fiona Jeffries. She's a child and family clinical psychologist, and we are going to be talking all about parental mental health today. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I am very, very well, thank you. Very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be invited. No worries. I'm really looking forward to talking. I know we've been talking quite a while before we've recorded this, but I'm really looking forward to talking to you more and finding about what you do. So tell us a little bit more. You are an experienced clinical psychologist with over 10 years experience of working with families and children. I'd just love to know a little bit more about you. Um, You're a mum of two as well. I'd love to hear about those. Yeah, tell us a little bit about who Dr. Fiona Jeffries is and what you do. Sure. So, yes, I'm a clinical psychologist and I I worked in the NHS for just over 10 years until very recently. Um, I've always worked with children and families. And for most of my time in the NHS, I worked in medical hospitals. So working with babies and children who had medical conditions and their families. Um, And then after I had my first baby, I went back to the NHS, but I was really struggling just to kind of make my work-life balance work for me. You know, there's a long commute into London and long hospital hours. Um, So when I got pregnant with my second, I decided to sort of take a leap and take a break from the NHS and do my my own thing. So I've been working, continue to work with families, um, with children and babies, uh, some of whom still have medical problems, but for lots and lots of different reasons, offering some support. And I also started Baby Psychology Basics, which is workshops and one-to-one support for families who are pregnant or with new babies, covering all things baby psychology, because I've, I've had a real interest in infant psychology um, over my career. So that's the psychology of children naught to three and their families. And also as, as a parent, when I had my babies, I was really surprised and overwhelmed really at all the information that gets thrown at you about babies and parenting, sleep especially. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as part of my job, I've, I'd learned a lot about baby brain development and, um, you know, families and parental mental health. And I thought I really want to find a way of sharing that information in an accessible way for parents because I think it's quite hard to to find often kind of trug through books and things to find the different things that I've learned during my career so that's where I developed these workshops which hopefully are a nice way of of people um learning a bit about baby development in an accessible way and doesn't take up too much of their time because I know people are very busy yes time deprived I completely agree with you there is 
so much. I think being a new parent in this day and age, with especially now with the launch of social media, there is a yeah. constant stream of content, often yeah. confusing and very conflicting. And yes. it's totally understandable why parents feel overwhelmed. Um, it's overwhelmed. The more we are bombarded with yeah. um, content, it's really tricky then to, well, one, I think we get away from our instincts. We get out of tune. We're not listening to ourselves. Yeah. We're not listening to our babies. That's one thing. But yeah, it's so hard. And I think there's so much pressure on parents full stop but so much pressure that's a full sentence but also so much pressure on parents today to be perfect and to do it right when there really is no right wrong no right there is no no wrong way there is no right or wrong way there isn't and you know your point about coming out of touch with our instincts is such an important one because that's something certainly I experienced myself personally but you know talking to parents through my work as well I hear about you know you generally you can trust your instincts when it comes to new babies and and being a parent and things and and do what feels right and what works for you but then you get thrown all this information that Mm. is very confusing and you start to doubt yourself and um, you know so it's yeah I think but my I always feel my position on the information that I share is that yes this is what I've learned and this is what research might say and that sort of thing but you know you are the expert in your baby you are the expert in your family and you've got to take the kind of information that gets given to you and make it work in a way that feels right for you. Yeah I completely agree I love that you tailor your approach to each individual child and family that you work with I think that's so important there's never going to be a one-size-fits-all solution but I also really like that approach of um just trying to find that balance and supporting parents to listen to their instincts. I think there's so much, it's easy to feel like you're flailing and failing when you start Mm. to doubt yourself or listen to other people's voices. So I really like that idea of just coming back and helping families to be more in tune with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so much to talk about. So yes. much to talk about. I'm hoping you're going to come back again. So I've already got so many different ideas for podcasts. Yeah, well, I'd love to. <laughs> but today we are going to be focusing on looking after parental mental health because I'm fairly sure that you and people listening don't need me to tell you that lack of sleep um, at any stage of your parenting, whether you're new parents, second timers, third timers, fifth timers. It, it just impacts everything doesn't it it, ha- it can have yeah. such an impact on everything yeah and I think it's something that well I certainly felt totally unprepared for as a new parent you know mm. everyone tells you yeah you know you're not going to get much sleep but I don't think you know you can truly appreciate how little sleep <laughs> that you know you get until it really hits you um but yeah this is this is a completely different way of of life once you have that baby and you know sleep is so interrupted for such a long time you know it goes up and down and sometimes better than others but um yeah I think it's really hard to prepare for that and we don't you know we think about how we're going to cope with a new baby in the house we get our new you know the the cot and we get all the the different things we need but we don't often think about well how are we as parents going to cope with lack of sleep with a huge change in our lifestyle with changes in our relationship with changes in our bodies and our biology you know um that's something that we don't prepare for quite as well I don't think that's so it's so it's so so true I think that's such a great reminder but I think a lot of support is geared up for birth and have it bringing your baby Mm. home but then after that 
when I feel that you really need that support it does it tends to drop off a little bit and yeah. I think there are so many myths and misconceptions when it comes to sleep and new babies that mm-hmm. they're just going to every baby's going to be born with the same temperament and personality <clears throat> sleep is going to get settled and sorted straight away but being a, and I'm talking about specifically new parents here get having a new baby some lack of sleep is to be expected because your brand new baby's born nocturnal and people don't talk yeah. about that yep yeah and you know people say oh babies sleep for 18 hours a day you think oh great you know that's loads of sleep what they don't tell you is that might be in 45 minute or two hour bursts not how we sleep yeah. yeah I remember you know my second baby was a great sleeper in the day he might sleep for four or five hours yeah. at a time and then at night no you know it was one or two hours if I was lucky in those early days so yeah um it's just yeah it's not like you say I think it's difficult to really prepare yeah. for what it's like in those early days yeah definitely and I think I know we're talking about the early days today but for people listening it sleep doesn't just hit a storm or a sleep crisis in the early days it can be at any stage and if you yeah. take one thing away from this podcast I'm never going to stop sharing this message is that you it can feel like it it can look like it but you are not a failure and you are not failing I think it's so important absolutely absolutely it goes up and down doesn't it you know there's sleep gets better for a while and it's just normal that there are going to be patches where sleep is a bit more rocky yeah definitely and again I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we have about infant sleep is that they're going to get to that it's a static and straight line process that they get to this point where they do something for example putting themselves to sleep or a certain sleep stretch at night time and then it stays there and you know what every baby is completely different and some babies do do that um but for most babies you're Babies are constantly changing, especially in the first three years, like in the mm-hmm. whole of infancy, really. They change at such a colossal, colossal rate that sometimes you can even put them down for a nap and they wake up a completely different baby. So yeah. have you ever done that? Yeah. It's really weird. I'm like, who are you? Um, but it's it's the same with their sleep. It makes sense that if they are constantly changing, their world around them is constantly changing, then their sleep, their sleep needs is going to constantly change as well. But we somehow got it as an expect society's expectation of sleep is that it's static and it's not it's up down yeah. I like to say that infant sleep is meant to stop start hit the skids or a sleep storm and then it, it needs sometimes it needs a bit of a reset but nine yeah. times out of ten it does it's so hard when you're in it because when you're in it everything feels so permanent and it feels like you're yeah. never going to sleep again um, yeah but most things are perm- uh, not no most things aren't permanent most things <laughs> are temporary and yeah. it passes in time yeah. I think that's really important yeah. shall we start off then talking about what is parental mental health yeah so really that's just the mental health of parents put simply yeah <laughs> and I think it. you know that there's a lot of talk about perinatal mental health and that means um the perinatal period is pregnancy all the way through to one year after birth and that that's got a special name really because that's such a sensitive period in terms of mental yeah. health and that's partly because of you know the different changes in bodies and hormones of the mother and also the father because fathers have different hormonal changes as well but um it's also partly because if you think of that period of time there's a lot of changes in your life you know you maybe stop work for a while there's changes in relationships um you get less sleep uh you know you've got a new person to look after 
so that you know it's a kind of highly sensitive period for our mental health which is why perinatal mental health is often really focused on um in in services for caring for women who are about to have babies or had babies yeah but I think parental mental health I prefer as a term because that is a bit more kind of encompasses the period of time after the child is one as well because you know we know that yes those early days are difficult but parenting continues to have challenges even yeah. after children are one yeah um sleep being one of them you know so yeah, yeah so that's that's an important thing to remember and I think the other important thing to think about with parental mental health is it's not just mums it's it's both parents yeah so you know often mums are focused on which is understandable because they're the one kind of growing and, and having the baby but partners it's a really big time for them too having a baby yeah. um so it's really important to think about their mental health too yeah and I think you know also parental mental health there's lots of terms that are maybe more well-known like postnatal depression or maybe perinatal anxiety is one becoming a bit more known um but it's not just about depression or anxiety the way I think of it is it's really about kind of staying mentally healthy so Mm -hmm. you know any there's lots of different words that people might use to describe the experience of of not feeling very mentally healthy like depression anxiety uh stress doesn't really matter what words you use for it but it's really about looking after your mental health yeah um, during a period of time when there's a lot of stress on you yeah it's a big change isn't it a huge change babies change everything yeah and there's lots of joy to be had in this period no it's a wonderful time um but it is also really stressful and really a stress on you physically um and mentally yeah yeah I agree I love that you mentioned the joy in it as well I think that's so important to remember that new life is it's about celebrating and remembering that um yeah yes it can change everything (laughs) it can and I think it's so important as well to remember you can have joy and stress alongside each other you know if you're experiencing postnatal depression or you're experiencing stress you can still experience the joy of a new child you know it's not one or the other they they do go along together I think sometimes people worry oh my goodness you know I'm feeling really stressed I'm feeling really low I'm completely bypassing this joyful period you know you're not you know it's yes you're struggling because it's normal to struggle but you you still get those pockets of joy um, at the same time yeah makes total sense and what about sleep and mental health these two go hand in hand as well right yes they Mm -hmm. do so I mean they both influence each other so if you think um if you're struggling with your mental health then normally your sleep suffers and and the reverse is true if you're struggling with your sleep then you know your mental health will probably suffer a bit too as anyone who has been in the depths of sleep deprivation will know yeah um you don't feel great you know both physically and mentally um we don't feel great when we are sleep deprived yeah I'm sure our don't need us to tell you that that lack of sleep (laughs) absolutely sucks it's it's horrible and it just impacts everything I said it earlier relationships mood interactions friendships daily life just everything appetite yeah Yeah. it does and I think one thing that can be a real kind of frustration or area of concern for people is 
if they you know if they're starting to feel like their mental health is suffering it's like oh I just need to get my baby to sleep and then everything's going to be okay I just need them to sleep and that will solve the problem yeah Um, and I think you know yes if you get more sleep that probably will help that is true but it might not completely solve the problem so I think often it's not very it's not the most helpful thing to have that as the the one thing you want to change in order to help your mental health is to get your baby to sleep and that's partly because I mean if it was that easy to get your baby to sleep um babies would just be sleeping all the time wouldn't they (laughs) it's not easy to get your baby to sleep um because they're just not meant to especially in the early days sleep all the way through the night but the other reason is well even if you do somehow manage to to get your baby to sleep a bit more there's probably lots of other things that you need to do as well to support your mental health it's not just gonna that's not going to be the key yeah solve the whole problem it makes sense that makes total sense to me and I really thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of um like traditional sleep training can sometimes use that to get parents mm. to sleep train mm. like it's really important for mental we know sleep is important to for healthy um for good mental health and that lack of sleep or poor sleep can mean that we have poor mental health but you are completely right that sometimes your baby can be sleep you can work on sleep but it isn't it isn't the be end and end all I think it's really mm. important it can certainly help but it doesn't yeah. always solve that problem yeah yeah 100% that's why it's important to look at everything yeah exactly yeah makes total sense makes total sense and then how can we how can parents look after themselves while still responding to their baby's needs yeah and I think this is um it kind of links back to the point we were just saying about quite often you know people's advice if you're if the parent is struggling um is well you know you just need to get the baby to sleep because then you'll have more sleep and then you'll be more able to cope and that sort of thing but I think there are lots of different ways of of looking after ourselves and coping um when baby is waking up in the night and especially you know many parents do want to be really responsive during the night and um yeah and continue to to parent their baby through the night because one option is yes is there someone else who can help during the night you know can a partner support you during the night so that you can get some sleep some people yeah. don't have this option or some people don't want to do this option if they're exclusively breastfeeding and don't want to use a bottle or, or you know all sorts of different things so that's one option but if you don't want to do that then I think you know some things to think about are how can you get help in other ways you know we weren't meant to do this alone we weren't meant to parent young children on our own you know can you get help from anyone so that even if you don't want someone to be there during the night looking after baby can you get some family friends to come around during the day just to help you out a bit so that you can either rest while they hold the baby or while the baby is sleeping or so they can actually do things for you like the cleaning um, yeah you know tidying away so that if you don't want to let go of baby because sometimes when babies are really little it's it is hard to just pass them around um, yeah. to someone else but if they can get other stuff done for you it just makes your life a bit easier and you just take an element of stress away yeah um, and I think you know if you don't you know more and more these days families I meet personally and also through work aren't living close by to family yeah. um, you know extended family but there are other options out there so thinking about postnatal doulas um or there's charities like home start who you can approach for support to come and help you with these sorts of things 
So yeah, just thinking about how can people help to make, take as much stress away as possible for you to yeah. cope with this period of time when you are having to be very, you know, up in the night responding to your baby's needs. Yeah, I really love that. I mean, we could, I'd like to talk about responding to your baby's needs, but I honestly think that would be a whole other podcast because yeah. <laughs> I'm so passionate about that. We will come back and do that. Um, but I just want to, um, a couple of things here is sometimes there's a lot of um, negative connotations about responding to your baby, that you're spoiling them, that you're being soft, that they mm. shouldn't wake up at night time. It's going to your baby, responding to your baby, reassuring your baby, whether it's day or night, is always okay to do. I think that's really important. Absolutely, yeah. We'll come back and do totally a whole agree. other podcast. Well, I'd love talking... to do that. There's so much to say about that. <laughs> so much to say about it. I'm actually, if anybody's interested, last week I did a whole week on uh, content on Instagram and Facebook about responding to your baby. How I think the biggest one is that by responding to your baby, we're somehow creating something negative. That by being responsive, we're creating bad habits. By being responsive, we are creating a rod for our own back. By responding to them, we're creating yeah. an, a need or clingy child again another podcast idea but yep. responding to them day or night never ever creates anything negative the only thing no. it will ever create is feelings of safety of trust and then feeling settled but I, I do think that's the whole of the podcast in itself Fiona it is yeah okay yeah I won't, I won't stop talking about that now because we'll never stop no, honestly, if you've got anything to share with that it would be great I just think it's that, I think no, I just totally agree. Yeah, and 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 I just think the the one thing that I'll share then with that is that you know when you respond to your baby, you're actually helping them build their the emotional part of their brain. You know, it's really important and it's really positive to do that. It's never like you say, it's not building a rod for your own back. It's not going to be making them clingy. Um, quite the opposite by responding to them in you know when they need it when they're an infant that will help them as they get older to be able to manage their emotions on their own more successfully yeah oh, you can't see my face there but I'm literally punching the air that you said that so many <laughs> more parents need to see I'm really passionate about that message and it is about it's definitely a balance it's about responding to your baby's yeah. needs whilst looking after yourself but I just really wanted to be clear that responding to them is never ever yeah. a bad or negative thing absolutely and like you say it's that balance isn't it because that that is another really important point is that looking after yourself is not selfish and it's Mm -hmm. really important and you do need to think about your own needs as a parent and your own mental health and that's because first of all your mental health in its own right is important you're a person you're a human being who deserves to look after themselves and deserves to be treated well and to be happy um but it's also when you look after your own mental health that supports the mental health of your baby. You know, yeah. We know that they're really interlinked. And if parents are feeling very, very stressed or overwhelmed, it's much more difficult for them to then support their baby who's maybe feeling you know, overwhelmed or upset for whatever reason. So there's there's so many good reasons to look after your your mental health. So I think yeah. that's another, you know, another really important point in terms of looking after yourself while looking after your baby is yeah, think about yourself and if that might that sometimes means doing something you enjoy, um 
to you know get that sense of joy for yourself it sometimes means making sure you can rest that you know there comes times when you're so tired you have to sleep and if that means that you need to give the baby to somebody else even if they're not completely comfortable with the other person but you trust that person you trust that person to look after your baby um then it's okay to go and have a nap even if your baby's not completely settled because you need to be you know you need to be okay enough to look after your baby yeah yeah I, I really love that I definitely feel we'll have a chat after we've recorded this Fiona but I really feel we could do a whole podcast series I want to talk about being responsive how yeah. that by helping them to co-regulate how that that um develops their emotional um development as well I'd also like yeah. to talk about manipulating because a lot of you know if, if they're crying because they're manipulating you and if yes. you're going to them they're yeah. always going to expect that but there's so much there to talk about yes. but I, I do think that's a whole separate podcast because we've got yeah. a lot to say on that let's do it let's do it <laughs> and I also love love that you such an important point that you raised there that it is so normal for new parents new mums new dads to want to be near their babies and not want to put them down um and I love that you said I completely agree with you that we are not meant we're not meant to do life alone let alone parents alone set up businesses alone we're just not meant to be alone and I think new parents a lot of the new parents that I talk to loneliness comes up like they feel lonely or they feel like they're the only ones going through this or that they're the only ones it's ever happened to so I really love that but I also really like that you said that it's okay that if if you don't want um you don't want to hand your baby over to anybody because I think that could cause a lot of stress if the parent was yeah. doing that get other people to do other chores like the washing get yes. prep for you cooking I flipping hate I like cooking yeah. but I hate shopping um yeah so shopping <laughs> run errands like just like 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 yeah. adult admin I call it adult yes. admin is endless as an adult yeah. right um, exactly. so all of those things some washing put some washing away yeah um just anything yeah, we'll go take help. a load of washing away and bring it back freshly washed you know that oh my dream <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, yeah that would be lovely wouldn't it yeah you but i think yeah, it's, it's such an important point you don't have to give your baby away and yeah th- this is about reducing stress for you and if giving your baby to someone else is going to increase stress it's completely pointless you know as yeah. much as someone else might say no 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 come on hand her over you yeah. go and sleep if you don't think that's right for you you can say yeah. no but i would really appreciate it actually if you just yeah did xyz <laughs> yeah yeah my house. <laughs> post yeah. things like pay bills like real small yeah go and go and get me some nice food that's going to nourish yeah. me from the shop you know yeah bake me some soup oh I'm um, getting hungry now but yeah I really yeah. thank you for sharing that because you and also if you're not comfortable doing that then you're not you're going to be laying in bed worrying and even more just you're not resting yeah yeah exactly and I think that's you know another point in terms of just as you say lying in bed not sleeping that's another point I wanted to raise is it's really common um you know if you're sleep deprived to then find it quite hard to sleep when you do get the chance um sometimes that might be because your mental health is suffering sometimes it's just because your your kind of body clock is so out of sync that it's really difficult to get to sleep sometimes it's because you know your stress levels are too high to 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 fall off into sleep so i yeah. think another you know top tip is if you do get a chance to sleep for example if baby's napping or someone does have baby and and you're feeling relaxed don't try not to focus too much on sleeping because yeah. the harder we try to sleep 
normally the harder it is to get to sleep oh yeah yeah and then you just get more and more frustrated oh you know I've got this 20 minutes I haven't slept but if you just lie and rest um, yeah that's going to do you good yeah and if you 100%. sleep bonus but if you don't you've just rested and that's still doing yourself some yeah. good rest is still best what are your thoughts yeah. on listening to um like a mindfulness app or yes. podcast whilst you're resting so I love them. I think everybody's different. If you, some people do prefer to just go and lie down and rest or, or they sleep easily. So just go and sleep. That's fine. But I think if you are struggling to sleep or you're feeling just remotely tense, anxious, like most parents are, I think it can be really helpful. So I mm. really like um, Budify, which has quite nice short um, mindfulness exercises. And then the Calm app as well, which has lots of different things for people so you could listen to nice music or nature sounds or there's sleep stories with lovely voices or yeah they also have some mindfulness things on there I think it's a really useful thing to do and quite often I find myself putting one on thinking I'm not going to be able to sleep and then I you know wake up and it's yeah. finished <laughs> <laughs> You're um, so it's done its job yeah yeah I like that would you send me no actually I, I'll google them and if you are interested if anybody's listening is interested in them I'll put them in the show mm. notes for you great yeah so I'm an insta and the other one I like is um my brain has gone completely blank it's not the calm app <sighs> that's going to really bother insight me, timer I... no it's it's one it's a meditation app headspace I knew I would get headspace that. yes yeah that's a good one too yeah it's a really good introduction to meditation and I think um kind of as a side note for people with older children as well calm definitely has really great kid stuff on their headspace I haven't looked at but I think they do too yeah yeah calm definitely yeah. do and also things like putting on comfy clothes like yeah that helps as well an eye mask I love an eye mask yeah that, yeah that help as well and remembering that, you know, you're kind of getting yourself just like you do with baby, you know, getting yourself ready mm. to relax. So if you can, you know, it's probably worth just spending five minutes, you know, making sure you've gone to the toilet, making sure you're not hungry or thirsty. Um, yeah. Putting on some comfy clothes. That's probably five minutes well spent, even though it's eating into some precious rest. Time. Yeah, no, um, I completely agree. Because otherwise she's going to lay there thinking I need the toilet yeah I'm uncomfortable <laughs> I'm oh, oh, I wish I'd brought a bottle of water up because I'm yeah. thirsty now I'm gonna have to get up yeah no 100 percent, 100 um oh, something I was going to say there but yeah and I just I love the importance of self-care and that self-care is not selfish I think self-care has become a real buzzword um yeah. and it, I think it, it is so important what are your thoughts on self-care yeah, I just think it is so, so important, especially in the period of parenthood and new parenthood, because suddenly, you know, when you're pregnant, <laughs> there is self-care is a bit easier, I think, because there's so much focus on you. You know, you go to midwife appointments, they're checking how you are. Everyone's asking about you. Um, and then, you know, you have the baby and suddenly all the focus is on baby. But we have to remember that, yeah, we need to look after ourselves as well. It's so, so important. And yeah, self-care is a bit of a buzzword. And I think there's you know, maybe different words for different people work, don't they? But yeah, really, it's about looking after yourself and looking after your your mental health and and each other's. 
you know, it's, if you have a partner, it's about talking to each other, checking in with each other. And just as you would maybe check in of how who's paying which bill or who's doing the shopping, you know, who's 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 managing which stress at the moment and how are they dealing with that? And what yeah. do you need to do for each other to help each other out at the moment? And if you don't have a partner, making sure there is someone around who is looking out for you, whether that's a friend, family, health visitor, you know, just um, it's really important to keep it on the table as a priority as something yeah. to be to be thinking about and to be actively looking after your mental health yeah definitely and I do think there's a lot of um and I would be happy if this is not the case we can discuss this um but quite often we glamorize self-care as you know having a shower or going to the toilet by yourself mm. I don't mm. feel this is self-care that's no. just everybody that's basic. Isn't yeah. that's basic looking after yeah. yourself getting up getting dressed having a shower yeah absolutely and especially I completely agree as new parents you know it's kind of a running joke isn't it oh, oh I went to the toilet on my own or mm-hmm. oh goodness I, I just dry, you know <laughs> <laughs> just drunk a drunk a hot cup of tea lucky me um mm. and that is the reality of it sometimes yes that is life as uh, well not just as a parent but that's just yeah. life sometimes but you know I think it's really important though that we strive for more than that you know yeah. we need to be making sure we are feeling like we're doing things for ourselves we're feeling like we're feeling fulfilled we're getting joy from things we're prioritizing our needs you know and that's different for everyone might be that you you know you want to do a bit of exercise or you want to make sure you can talk to a friend or you want to make sure you get to go and have your favorite piece of cake at the coffee shop with your best friend you know it's different for everyone but yeah it's definitely more than just going to the toilet on your own yeah and having a shower shower. yeah no because they're important but they are they're the kind of the bottom level of basic needs we need to go a level up from that yeah somebody I saw this is not my tip but this absolutely blew my mind because being a parent and having cold tea or coffee is life um but actually making it in a a thermos flask you know the tea cups that's such a good tip someone gave me that tip and I've done and I've been using that and it's great because it also means you have you you lessen the anxiety of spilling hot tea on your little one because that was something that I used to really worry about as well I would never have it near me because I didn't want to accidentally spill it on them but if you have it in a nice you know leak proof thermos flask yeah stays warm so I love how something so small can make such a difference such a big difference to your well-being each day and the other thing that made a huge difference to my well-being, actually thinking of little tips that people gave me was um, when I was breastfeeding, um, you know, in the early days when you're doing lots of feeding, it's having a, a breastfeeding box where you put everything in that you yes. might need so you don't have to get up and around the TV remote, a drink, some snacks, a book. Um, because I used to get so frustrated that I'd be sat down and, and, you know, my first little one took ages to feed. And then I, until I got, you know, good at it, I couldn't really move around very much. So I was stuck there. And sometimes I didn't have a drink. I didn't have my phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having a breastfeeding yeah. box. <laughs> really love, really love, really, really love that idea. And ideas for having a shower, like take your baby in with the shower. I think there's a lot of pressure on that everything you do with your baby has got to be entertaining and of high value and education where your baby just wants to be near you and hang out so absolutely taking them into the shower look I wouldn't obviously take them into the shower and would not suggest doing that um but (laughs) taking them into the bathroom and then laying on the floor where they can see you where they can see you maybe in one of those little um god what they're called baby bouncers take that in with you yeah have a quick shower they really enjoy it (laughs) 
yeah and also you know don't feel guilty if if you have a baby who will sit in a you know in a baby bouncer for a while while you have a pilates thing on youtube or something that's yeah. fine you yeah, know i think it's so important it's so important to do that you know we spend a lot of time going to baby groups and that sort of thing for the baby um but it's important to do stuff for you too yeah and they're happy most babies are happy I'm not saying that they're going to just be there and not cry I'm not saying that at all but a lot are just happy just to ha- to hang out and be near you and watch what you're doing yeah. talk yeah, to and them that's think all, all they them. need you know, all, yeah. this is all new for them you know babies don't know what a fridge is for example you go and open the fridge with them that's amazing yeah. for them you know look at yeah. the lights and the colors yeah um so yeah you know doing doing things for you is nothing to feel guilty about and also like you say baby's probably going to enjoy it as well yeah I think that's I've totally forgotten about that point but that is a really good reminder that you don't have to be dangling that um, a musical octopus in front of their face 24 hours a day no it's okay to and also I think it's so good for them as well to to not again I'm a massive fan that we can't push independence or some babies Mm. do want to be very very close to parents all the time they're all really different but I think it is really important for them to hang out and play and we're not disrupting them all the time that's how they learn if we're constantly distracting them from what they're doing that can really rile them as well exactly and I think like you say all babies are different but quite often you know many babies will really appreciate a bit of time just lying down yeah you might need to be near them or beside them but they might not need to be interacting all the time you know they might just like to look at the way the light is um, shining on the ceiling or you know older babies might just really enjoy looking through a a box of toys while you're sat there having a cup of tea on the sofa yeah Um, I completely agree completely agree I think there's something really beautiful in that and again I reckon this is another part and I keep saying this a lot but that could be a whole other podcast yeah like attention spans are dwindling because we're constantly changing the stimulation on them yeah and I think we were talking about this before weren't we adults attention spans are dwindling yeah. as well because we you know we're in we live in a world now where we can have everything straight away you know, yeah. we think, oh, I wonder who wrote that book that we're just talking about. Quick, go on Google yeah. on our phones. You know, there's no, we're, we're, we're never really focusing on one thing for a very yeah. long time because we can go off in all these different directions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be, and also exploring babies, uh, do babies get bored? I think that's a really interesting conversation to have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I so honestly many. don't believe that babies do get bored. They might need a change of scenery, but actually, I think when we're saying our babies are bored, it's because we're, we're bored. We need to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whole other conversation there. It is okay. <laughs> bringing it back to um, the why mental health is important. I really loved mm-hmm. your thoughts on that, and that if you do need some solid sleep, it's okay. To leave your baby with a loving caregiver while you sleep yeah. and I think it was really really um positive that you said that even if they're crying I think there's a lot of pressure yeah. on parent new parents and parents for your baby never ever to cry and it is hard we were yeah. talking about this before how it's hard for everybody it's hard for baby crying and getting upset it's hard for you to hearing your baby upset it's hard if there's another parent and they're the one trying to settle the baby um but crying in the presence and arms of a loving parent or caregiver it's unavoidable sometimes and it is not controlled crying or crying it out or sleep training exactly. i think that's such an important message to get across so yeah. i'd love your yeah. thoughts on that 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, you know, when we talk about not leaving babies to cry or, you know, making sure we're responding to their needs, it's always most of the time as well as you can and doing it in a good enough way. It's never all the time and perfectly. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to damage your baby if they cry every now and then because you can't get to them. You know, if you need to go to the toilet or the example we're using, if you need to get some sleep and they have to be with a loving caregiver and they're not completely settled and they're going to cry for a while, that's okay. It's not going to traumatize them. It's not going to you know, emotionally harm them because most of the time you are responding and that's you know it's the kind of most of the time that matters every now and then is okay and also if a baby is crying but like you said they're in the the arms of a loving caregiver they're still being responded to yeah they're they're not feeling they're left alone they're not feeling like um you know there's no one here for them they've they've got someone there who's holding them who is empathizing with them and who is looking after them is kind of holding them in mind yeah so I think and th- but the point is, yes, it is really hard as well to hear that. It's really hard to hear that crying. And I think if you've come to the point where you think, I do need to have this time, I need to have a rest or whatever it is that you need to do, then perhaps ask your partner or whoever it is who's looking after them to take them out, um, you know, whether it's in a sling or in the buggy or if they just go and hold them somewhere, if they need to be held and sort of cradled um, so that you don't hear because it's going to be really difficult for you to sleep if you can hear that in the background yeah yeah I think that's really important um and you know remind yourself this is not damaging your baby your baby's going to be okay um, yeah. and your baby's going to be healthier for you to have a, to have this time or this rest if you need it yeah. you know so they're, they're with someone loving they're with someone who's looking after them and yeah. um, their needs are being met as, as well as they can be um, by that person so yeah thank you so much Jenna I know there will be at least one person listening that needed to hear that I hope so. I, you know, and I know, yeah, I know many parents who um, have struggled with that, you know, struggled with prioritising themselves for a moment. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but it's, it's so important. So important. And even if you are on your own and you do need a couple of minutes to, to get your breath, just to, to pause, yeah. it, that's OK to put your baby down yes. for a couple of minutes too. Exactly. Put them somewhere safe, put them in their cot. It's better for them and better for you if you take that time, a couple of minutes, five minutes to, you know, take some deep breaths, compose yourself, um, give yourself a bit of time so that you can then go back in a better headspace because neither of you are going to benefit if you're both, you know, crying. You know, it's it's, it's quite common as well. You know, I hear lots of parents and myself included, your baby's crying, you're crying. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, one of you needs to to be able to kind of calm down a little bit before the other one can and that's not going to be the baby so you know take yourself away help yourself to calm down look after yourself go back uh, yeah start again yeah I've Um, definitely been completely honest got into the bathroom for a little cry or scream yeah and then just gone back in I felt immediately better Absolutely. And you just need to sometimes. It's really stressful listening to a baby cry. But, you know, especially if babies have reflux or extra needs of any sort that makes them more unsettled. Um, no one can can listen to crying nonstop for a long period of time without needing a break. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's such an important message. And then finally, or a couple of two more things. Any quick mm-hmm. tips for coping in a sleep crisis? So, I mean, I think we've talked about some of these already, actually, but um, trying to do what makes you feel good. So whether that's fresh air or seeing someone or music, 
you know, make that the focus of your day rather than thinking, oh, I need to do this chore, that chore, uh, you know, actually focus on doing something that makes you feel good. Yeah. Um, rest as much as you can. And even if it's not sleeping, rest does help. So yeah. Even if you're lying on the floor while your baby's lying down playing, that you're still resting your body. Yeah. Um, being kind to yourself so important I'll, I'll send you as well a link to a website where they've got some lovely self-compassion exercises which I think are really good to do um, you know in the depths of sleep deprivation when we're often not very kind to ourselves yeah um, and just yeah asking for support if you're worried about asking for support try and you know try and get over that and and yeah and ask for support from whoever's around you that can look after you as well as baby and yeah. chores and that sort of thing. And avoiding people or um, social media accounts who are going to make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's something when you're in the depths of sleep deprivation, you don't want to be meeting up with someone whose baby is sleeping really well and they love to talk about how well they sleep and love to give, you know, lots of advice about why your baby isn't sleeping. That's just not going to make you feel better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pick and choose what you do. Postpone it. See them when sleep's a bit better. Yeah. And just pause those social media accounts that aren't helpful for you at that time. Yeah. I think they're really helpful. Thank you. And And then then the other one that I want to check with you, actually, though, is um, I think it's often not the best time to make sleep changes during those times when sleep is really bad because you're so sleep deprived. But I don't know if you would agree with that from your point of view. I do. I do. And I don't. I think it will always depend on the baby and the family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If it's to do with the sleep crisis or has come because baby is unwell or there's something else going on, then yeah. no, I wouldn't make changes. If it's because they've got to the point where it's sleep is so unsettled and so unsustainable and it's been going on for ages, it is yes. a bit of a double sword situation, isn't it? Because double-edged sword situation, because if we don't make any changes, chances are it's not going to change. But I also totally understand that making any changes or doing anything differently from what you normally do when you are at crisis point it is really difficult so it's definitely not the time to go completely gung-ho I would never and actually this is a really good conversation to have because I'd probably say the majority of families that I work with in practice are already at that point by the time that I'm speaking to them because I think for a lot of parents we have to get to that point in order to yeah. uh, call in support and actually ask yeah, for help that's true. so if that does if you get to that point you're definitely not alone I think a lot of parents get to that point and that's yeah. why I'm a really big fan of doing it if we're going to make changes we make those changes with care and we do it slowly I would never ever ever um have a family that had hit crisis point with their sleep doing everything and anything with nap bedtime and what we're doing at night time what I tend to do is and it will depend on the family and the baby a hundred percent my approach especially I'm talking like work when I know I've got context I'm working one-to-one it's it's picking out those small changes that are going to make a big difference quite quickly working on those but those really small changes first and I've said it again I've said it before but I say it again sometimes a really small change can make such a big difference so we we've tried maximize excuse me everybody's sleep first 
and then we work on the bigger changes if we need to afterwards so yeah I would never yeah. ever have a parent ever changing what you're doing at naps and going gung-ho with naps changing how they fall asleep at bedtime and then working on the night and actually yeah. on my approach um yes a lot of families most of the families that I work with they are it's about getting a more settled night's sleep at night time <clears throat> So the focus is very much on the nighttime sleep. But believe it or not, I leave working on the nights until last because of that. And I know that sounds a bit bonkers, but for most families, working on what's happening during the day, making those small changes, mm-hmm. nudges your nights on. But in the beginning, um, for the majority of families in the beginning, and even going forward for a long time afterwards, the aim of the game at nighttime is to get everybody back to sleep ASAP. I would never, unless yeah. we're night weaning, which is something that's a whole different kettle of fish um, <laughs> and a whole other conversation, the aim of the game is to always make sure your baby's asking for support, respond to them straight away if they are, um, and get everybody back to sleep ASAP. The reason why I like to say that the wake-ups at night time are causing you an unsettled night's sleep, but they're not the cause of the unsettled night, if that makes sense. Um, try to yes, see the wake-ups yeah. at night time. They're a symptom of something that's going on in the setup. So, yeah, I I know that I can't speak for every single approach out there because I don't know. I can only speak from my experience and my practice. Um but at night time, it is getting everybody back to sleep. I'd never get yeah. ask the parent to get them back to sleep at wake-ups awake. There's, I just never needed to do that in order to maximise yeah. people's sleep. So, yes, it's, it's, it's a big conversation. But, yeah, no, and I love that. I love the kind of idea of if families are coming to you at that stage where they're already sleep-deprived, your kind of first aim is to get them as much sleep as possible <laughs> before yeah. making lots of other changes. Yeah, if they are really yeah. at, I mean, some parents aren't at that point when they come to me, but yeah. if they are really in a sleep crisis and yeah. it's they're on their knees and something has to change, then it's always reassuring parents first. Yeah. Then it's about taking away that stress. I think that's so important. Families that are have that are coming to me in a sleep crisis, they don't need to be made to feel. I would never do that anyway, but made to feel guilty. Yeah. They don't need yeah. more stress. So loads of reassurance, loads of um, having a plan and taking away that stress. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't be coming in and making big changes. And then it is just working on the smaller things. And then if we need to work on bigger things when everything's just a little bit more settled, we can. Yeah step it down asking a family in sleep crisis to do anything other than what they're normally doing at night time I think is just a recipe for disaster for everybody yeah, yeah it's just yeah like, I think that's the thing during the night time you're you're so t- tired <laughs> yeah um to, yeah to try and do things differently when you're already in that state of extreme exhaustion yeah um you're just gonna get exhausted. Yeah. everybody's gonna get exhausted you're gonna yeah. end up feeling yeah. like a failure because it's not gonna yeah. work yeah it's just yeah step it down yeah cool but that is a great question Fiona but yeah no thank you I was interested to hear the answer it was really helpful yeah and again it's I always like normal is such a big word and it's a spectrum so my approach to this is I'm never going to stop sharing that message that it is normal for your babies to wake up at night time and to have needs of these they don't stop because it's night time or depend on the clock doesn't make it any less tough and tiring um but I'm always going to um 
but keep it real as well like being real is really and honest is really important that if it's got to that point where sleep is impacting everything it's impacting your behavior what you do yeah. your relationships your day-to-day life um behavior if it's super unsustainable or unsettled chances are there are some changes that can be made and yeah. it's about really tiny things that can make a big difference yeah and I think it's you know like you said before it's also about um doing it in the way that works for you and that's why you know coming to see like you a sleep consultant can be really helpful can't it because you can think it through more easily when you're talking to someone else and talking to someone who's got the experience um the kind of knowledge behind them around those ideas because when you're stuck trying to figure that out on your own you're already sleep deprived um you know you've probably got lots of different people telling you lots of different ideas it's so hard to navigate that and to decide what to do first definitely having a plan I think the the most important thing about working with parents is having that putting a plan in place I think that's so important um I love a plan most parents like a plan but also just stepping it down a bit yeah yeah definitely and then lastly when and how is it best to seek more support yeah, so I think if you're worried about your mental health, there's lots of things that lots of places to go for support. Um, but I suppose starting with, you know, how do you know when when it's really important to go and get help? And that's different for everybody. So I always say trust yourself and trust um, the people who know and love you. If you're worried about yourself or if, if one of those people are worried about you, I think that's a good prompt to be thinking maybe I need to be doing something more to look after mm. mental health right now. Some common um Common themes are things like not really enjoying anything anymore or feeling a constant state of anxiety or dread or having um, kind of nightmares or flashbacks, um, perhaps about birth, if you had a difficult birth um, or not wanting to see anyone or not wanting to spend any time with your baby. Those sorts of things are things that, you know, often coincide with people struggling with mental health. But, yeah, everyone's different. So trust yourself and trust the people that are, are looking after you if they're noticing that they're worried about you. Yeah. The good places to start are your GP, your health visitor, midwife, if your baby's still really little, um, your friends, family. There's a few charities as well, which um, I could send maybe to put in the in the links. But Mind is a good one. Um, Pandas is another good one. So there are and, you know, these people, Pandas definitely has a helpline that's kind of anonymous helpline, especially for new parents. So there's lots of things out there. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I really encourage people to to seek support if they think it's going to be helpful because you don't need to suffer on your own in silence. Yeah, that's amazing. Would you mind sending me the links for those? I will. Yep. And I'll add them if anybody yep. is listening and wants to check those out. I'll put them. I'll put it all in the show notes too. Great. I will do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Fiona, I don't want it to end. I think I could sit here and talk to you all day. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> Will you come back? Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Will you come back and record another podcast with us? I would love to. I've, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd love to come back. Me too. I think we've certainly got a lot to talk about. I think so too. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Kerry. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback 
or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks' time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Kara Outsleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.